definitely talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but my co-host is on paternity leave, so we're talking about anything I want. I'm your host, Jay Christie. Shouts to Anthony, still on paternity leave, seeing wonderful photos of his two beautiful children. Um, but while he's away, I decided to take up someone on an offer. There's a person who put it out there to the world at the beginning of the year that he wants to guest on as many podcasts as possible in the year 2023. He's someone I follow through the shut you know him through the shutdown full cast, his work through different sites writing about sports in interesting ways. He really needs no introduction. The man, the myth, legend, Ryan Nanny. Ryan, how are you doing? Thank you. Um, I'm doing pretty well. I, I am admittedly a little worse because through my own fault, we've both watched uh, a terrible movie, but we're going to yeah. get to that. And and I don't want that. I understand that that's my fault, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. put that on you or anybody else. This is a choice that I led us towards. Yes. See, so... Let's just to go behind the curtain. I was trying to think of a reason to get Ryan on the show, you know, because he offered and I'm like, well, we do a show that's about something pretty specific. And one thing led to another. And we both discussed the fact that while Ryan is from Tampa, I'm also from the ghost, Gulf Coast of Florida. And he threw out there that there is a superhero movie that takes place in Tampa. And that, of course, is 2004 is The Punisher, which is a movie I had not seen before. Um, it's a movie I had not seen before. And so I was like, sure, let's... Uh, Let's watch The Punisher. Um, it seems like a good time for all. And um, and yeah. I have to apologize for the fact that I saw on Twitter that you paid legal currency to watch this movie. I did. Well, that's... I should have offered my Peacock login. And I'm genuinely sorry for that. Um, it's okay. I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like somebody out there... Somebody out there is probably tracking, like, how much money did we make this month from the 2004 Punisher film. Mm -hmm. And now that job is probably pretty chill. And now they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh shoot. Somebody rented it on Google. Google What? What's happening? I, yeah, I've definitely done some of that. The thing is in this last year, we formed an LLC for this podcast Mm -hmm. because we technically broke a barrier in terms of Patreon money. Which is like was is annoying and ended up basically costing us more money than it was worth. <laughs> but the good thing about it is that, for example, in September when I went to see Morbius in theaters, that I got that receipt. I'm writing that off, but you can't write it off because you're a guest. That's true. So that's why I feel bad. No, it's okay. Like if it was the other okay. way around, but so we both watched The Punisher. It's okay. It. it I'll. I'll say this. It mm-hmm. also gave me not that being on this podcast wasn't incentive enough. Of course, but it gave me incentive to finish the movie. <laughs> like once, once I understand sunk cost fallacy is a thing, but I was like, I've paid my four dollars. I will be watching this to its conclusion. I'll I'll, I'll be honest. It it took me. It is a two hour movie. It took me about three hours and fifteen minutes to watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. um, and because the thing is that we joke. We've talked a good bit on this podcast since there's only although the MCU is omnipresent. There's only so much literal content in our sort of fill out a schedule. We've talked about a lot of movies that are older and. And I think that as the as the young person on the podcast, normally, when we had three hosts, and anytime we've been on the show, I've always been the young person. And I've always been like, guys, I think you're overrating some of the superhero movies from the early 2000s because of rose-colored glasses. And this is a perfect example that I was right. <laughs> and that, like, like say what bullshit, whatever you want about the worst MCU movie, <laughs> it is way better than the one. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's uh, well. Where do you want it? Where should we begin? I think we gotta start with the Tampa. We gotta start that takes place in Tampa, okay. which apparently they, obviously they filmed in Tampa. Yeah. I'm not as familiar with Tampa as you are. Okay. Obviously, I grew up in Punta Gorda and Charlotte County. Okay, you know, yeah. so it was my nearest city, and so right. I would go there a couple times a year. Airport, but I wasn't mostly, if I had to guess, for what for airport purposes. If I had airport guess. purposes, medical specialists. Yep, maybe basic, a I, trip if you could squeeze it in. Uh, I actually only went there once, okay. uh, and then because my my mom hates roller coasters, so we were a Disney mm, family. Okay, fair. And fair. then my older brother went, spent his first two years in college at USF. Okay, but that's my general thing. Okay, yeah. But yeah. as someone who we're talking about representation, yeah. And so as someone who is represented on screen as a Tampa <laughs> resident, how did it feel to see your 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 home? Um, it's weird because like certain parts of this movie are like. It's not, uh, look, it's not, this, Tampa is not a city where you'd be like, oh, well, we're going to say it's in Tampa, but we're not going to, like, we're not going to film. If you're going to say it's Tampa, just go film it. And that's what they did. Like, the buildings are recognizable. There are a lot of shots of the Tampa skyline, which certainly in the mid-2000s is not impressive. It's like, here are the same four buildings. And, like, they do the same way they would do of, like, I don't know. The Golden Gate Bridge or the New York, like, uh, Midtown Skyline or, like, you know, these dominant, uh, very, like, recognizably urban shots. Just, like, here's the same four buildings in Tampa. Um, the frequency of thunderstorms is accurate. I can confirm mm-hmm. that that felt very Tampa. But mostly, um, this is so specific. The roads were too empty. Everywhere yeah. the Punisher drives around, there's nobody else on the road. Like, and I'm not saying mm. like traffic is light. I'm saying there's no that the I think yeah. the only other car in this movie that isn't the Punisher or somebody in the plot is mm. like the random car that he runs into when he's being yeah. chased by the country western. Uh, assassin. <laughs> um, yeah. And that part was super weird because, like, Florida, by and large, is not a place where people walk around. It's not a place where no. people take a lot of mass transit. People drive everywhere all the mm-hmm. time. And to mm-hmm. see all these empty roads was just like, this feels weird. This feels, yeah. like, extremely weird. And that's a great point. And I felt like I'm, I'm, I'm a huge proponent, personally, of setting movies in cities that are not New York, LA, Chicago, or San Francisco. Because there are so many cities in the country that are over 100,000 people. Like, set your movie in freaking Arlington, Texas. You know, a lot of people live there. And so I'm glad that they did this as opposed to Miami. Miami is the easy answer. Yes. Yes. But it does feel like, particularly with the way that John Travolta's character is, looks, and acts, (laughs) it feels like he didn't change from a version that was in Miami. Because I don't know what the version of him that exists in Tampa is, but he's like too cool to like he's like a miami drug lord and that's not what he's playing yes yes i i totally agree it feels like he is the tampa satellite office of a miami-based operation yes 100 percent. and so the punisher as everyone knows is a marvel character uh you know general gist frank castle his family was murdered in some way shape or form it depends on what version we're talking about and he you know puts a skull on his chest and goes out for revenge um, I remember even at the time this movie came out and I didn't even really know who Tom Jane was. I'm like, this guy doesn't really give me Punisher vibes. Um, he's obviously super ripped and what have you, but like, he just, 
he like Tom Jane's an actor who famously never wears shoes anywhere. Like that just doesn't <laughs> jive with me with being the Punisher. Like yeah. John Bernthal, I'm like, yes, you seem like you're sure, the Punisher. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I think I agree with that. I will say, I think he he did a better job of playing the character than I would have expected. I agree. But at, at at no point was, and it's surprising because, you know, I think one of the things that the more modern Marvel universe has mm-hmm. done is really nail casting super yes. well. And this is one where it just felt um, a little bit hollow and a mm-hmm. little bit like you could have just put made this person anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it... Uh, I, it is. I will say this as well. I'm not trying to defend this movie, and and you shouldn't watch it. It no. is. It is a hard character to nail because you need somebody who you will find believable in the family man role. Yeah. For the first, I don't know, fifth mm-hmm. of the movie, and mm-hmm. also in the like sociopath role. Like they right. have to be able to convince you of both. And and yeah. I think Tom Jane does the first and the second a little less well. Yeah, I, I think he like I said, I think he does as well as he could do yeah. being Thomas Jane. But it is kind of it is the thing of like casting so much of I think the what the thing you're talking about, like the being able to do both is less a skill thing and more just like a believability in just just one look at someone you can tell. Right. I think yeah, so much of the Punisher to me is the iconography, and even if Tom Jane is acting being haunted and tough, and well, broken, yeah. If you look at him, you don't really see that. Yes. Um. And the other major role, of course, is John Travolta, who plays the villain, whose name is uh, <laughs> Howard Saint. Um, Howard Saint. Yeah. Um. How do you compare this in terms of if we're talking early two thousand John Travolta villains? This or Swordfish? Who are you taking? Swordfish for sure. Yeah. Sword, Swordfish is a movie that. Swordfish came out when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and that was a movie that, like, me and at least 15 other friends went to see, because we were like, we enjoy Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. Halle, ha, like, I'll be honest, everybody was Just like, say it, we all know what it is. <laughs> we, all, we, all, we all know, like, Halle Berry is supposedly topless in this film, but it also, like, looked, I think Don Cheadle's in it, it th- there was enough to it where you were sort of like, okay, Swordfish might be good, Swordfish is not good. No, it's... I, what it has for it, and I think the Punisher might have been a little bit better if there was a scene where a character had to hack into the U.S. government while getting uh, pleasured orally. <laughs> yes. I think that, that might have been yes. a little more interesting. Yeah, sword, that, I, yeah. Swordfish makes uh, bigger choices. They're not good yes. choices, but but no. Swordfish is definitely trying to do a thing. Whereas, and John Travolta is in it as mm-hmm. well. Whereas in this movie, it's it's really like. I, I look this up, and I guess this this is a character who does not appear in. This is not like somebody they pulled from the comic mm-hmm. books or sort of adapted from the comic books, and it kind of feels that way. Like it's a yeah. very much paint by numbers sort of villain who doesn't really, uh, yeah, it doesn't really move the needle for me one way or the other. And so it it doesn't give John Travolta a lot to do. Like, he no. really doesn't do anything that crazy in this movie. No, it, it feels like, and I, the the thing that is kind of makes the film off balance is that like we're supposed to believe that 
like the Punisher is a superhero people know. And so his origin has to be a big deal. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't believe that he was driven to become an iconic superhero by this club owner who has a money laundering operation. Right. Like he just does not seem important enough. Like the Netflix version was a big government conspiracy. Yes. They're like, yeah, this would make a superhero. Right. Whereas this right. is like, really? It's just a, a guy with like one club. In uh, and you know it's a club because he calls it the club. The club. Um, or he also lives. Maybe that part's unclear. It's yeah. That's know. yeah. Um, he's not. He's it, not a big enough bad. He really just isn't a big no. enough bad. At no point, and they. I'm glad they don't even bother. Like at the end when they have their quote unquote final showdown, there's never any doubt that he's gonna lose. Right. He's just right. Right. Yeah. He is. Uh, it's. I mean, I'm trying to think. There's. May, the closest you get to like, oh man, John Travolta is a da- uh, Howard Saint rather is a dangerous mm-hmm. dude, mm-hmm. in and of his own accord, is when he kills his best friend. Yes, but even that is more of like, nah, he's just a dumbass. Yeah, because he's being stupid when he does it. <laughs> yeah, yes, and it's not, and it's not like he's, it's not physically challenging in any way. It's just a weird mismatch because yeah. it doesn't feel like oh. He has to, he can match match up with the Punisher in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. And so let's just talk a little bit about the plot, and we can pick up some details. We got Frank Castle. He starts off, he's undercover, doing the worst Russian accent I've ever seen on <laughs> television. Um, and I know his character is doing a Russian accent, but yeah. the fact that he fools anyone, yeah. uh, and he basically is part of a drug deal, uh, sorry, an arms deal with uh, one of what we learned, John Travolta's sons, uh, Bobby and uh a guy named mickey who they're part of an arms deal and he fakes his death etc etc but long story short john travolta's son bobby dies and not uh, by the punisher's hand by the way no no no. it's it's basically the fbi makes the raids too quickly shots get exchanged and this this kid travolta's son Mm. dies and dies in the line of fire but like it's not it's not Frank Castle who shot him. It's not no. what happened. Also, no, um I don't know if you caught it, but with the wig, Thomas Jane looks like Rob Thomas in Matchbox 20 <laughs> in this scene. <laughs> and this is also, we should emphasize, the first time you see the Punisher, he's mm-hmm. wearing a terrible blonde wig and and doing this terrible accent. It's a really good signal that like Okay, yeah. this is maybe not what you think you're going to get mm-hmm. into. Yeah, and then right after this arrest, which involve, which is as an officer involved shooting, a person died yes. in the course of this arrest. Yeah. We go right to he leaves the area after they're done faking his death. the bo- The dead body of Bobby is still on the slab, and the next room is a retirement party. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> which which they clearly already had ready to go. Even mm. though it's like you would think. You would think if you're you're setting up for a bust like this, you're mm-hmm. like, this might go poorly. Maybe mm-hmm. we shouldn't get the cake out yet. Because, yeah. like, okay, they're, they, they're callous enough where that if, if a criminal dies, they're still willing to do it. Like, yeah. that's super fucked up, yes. but I'm willing to believe that. Yeah. But if shots are exchanged, you can't assume that no one on your yes. side is going to die. 100%. Yes. Yes. Like, have the retirement party on the day that, like, he has to do paperwork. <laughs> like, don't. That's the thing. It's totally unnecessary. There's there's no, like, practical mm-hmm. reason why you why they had to do it this. The only thing I can figure, I know, I know that this movie, like, 
didn't have a lot going for it budget wise. And the only thing I can figure is they're like, well, we got to We got to do this all in one day. Like we, we yeah. don't have enough time. We don't have enough money mm-hmm. to do a separate interior shot of the yeah. retirement party. So like everybody mm-hmm. keep your raid body armor on and grab a glass of champagne. We're doing the exactly. goodbye party. So he's retiring from, you know, the FBI, yep. you know, and he's, we have a scene that is completely unnecessary of him talking to his son. His son is mad about them moving all the time. Uh, and apparently though, they're going to settle down in London just after they go to a family reunion in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, which they, but they don't say it's a family reunion until like the third time they mention Puerto Rico. I'm like, why do they got to go to Puerto Rico first? But of course that's where his father played by the late legendary Roy Scheider. <laughs> In two scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, it's a big, re- what, what What would you say? There's like at least 30 people at this. Yeah. And it's like, a, it's a destination reunion too. Yes. So it's like, that's also like, obviously every family reunion is technically a destination reunion, but I don't know if I'm, that's a flight. I don't know if I'm paying. Yeah, you better be yeah. paying that if I'm, if I'm a second cousin, I don't know if I'm getting on the flight doing that. <laughs> I mean, in this case, if you are a second cousin and you hesitated, you made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, in back in Tampa, um, how often do you get to say that? Um, uh, Mr. St. Howard St. learns from his right-hand man, played by the great Will Patton. Um, he, he learns basically that Frank Castle was the person responsible, which once again, not really not, true. Not true. No. It'll be, it'll be one thing if he went after Frank Castle's family and all the other families. Sure. But it's far, but it's just Frank Castle. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's responsible, and uh, Mrs. Saint, uh, who is Livia, played by Laura Herring, an actress I'm not familiar with, is I basically think she's like Moholland Drive or something like I, yeah. that. There's something. I, oh wait, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she insists that they kill the whole family. Which, like, that's really fucked up. <laughs> and, um, like, I think they kind of just go over that. Like, that's, like, standard operating procedure. There's no, like, wait, are we going to kill 30 people? Um, it's it's also confusing because it's, like, the way that scene is set up, it almost feels like what you're going to reveal, which would have been an interesting plot uh, approach, is, like, oh, Travolta is not actually the head of this operation. She is. He's just yeah. sort of like her right-hand man or something. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't go that way at all no, either. This is, like, this is like the one day where her wishes are super important for what this criminal empire is going to do. Mm-hmm. And also, it's so funny that she mentions, like, kill the whole family, and he just happens to be at an extended family reunion. Yes. I don't think I don't think she meant yes. all the cousins and yes. aunts and uncles. I yes. think they just happened to all be together. Yes. Like, imagine you, they're riding up on the speedboat to the... It's like, oh, shit, there's a jackpot. Oh, she man. said family. Look at all this family. Oh, wow, we're gonna just destroy. And, and, like, you know, I think there's also... You, know, you also have to wonder, like, did a nephew bring a significant other who they're mm-hmm. not married to? Is that family yet? How are that's we drawing up. these lines? You know, that's yeah. This is the thing. You know, the definition of family is very fungible. Yes, that's true. That's um, true. and like if this was a Toretto family reunion, everyone counts. <laughs> yes, if they're holding a Corona, shoot them. Yeah, like oh, you know, Ramsey was just the McGovern, but now she's part yeah. of the family, now so she's part she of the counts. Family. Yep, that's right. Um, that's right. You're anyway, right. um, so. Also, his wife is played by Samantha Mathis, who 
it doesn't get anything to do. I mean, it's kind of, I was kind of upset to see that it was an actress I recognized playing yeah. the wife. Cause it's yeah. like the thing that is known about the Punisher's wife is that she dies. Why yes. you could have cast someone who's not famous. You 100%. Same with, same with Roy Scheider showing up. It's yeah. like, what? Is, uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. I mean, I think, I, I think Roy Scheider had some money issues later in life based mm-hmm. on his career choices. Um, and so if they gave him some money, fine. I, you okay, know, do what you okay. gotta do. I can and also, if it was shooting in Puerto Rico on location, sure, not bad. Sure. Um, but so, yeah, Will Patton and the gang, they show up. There's some action. Uh, and long story short, they end up killing everyone. They run over his uh, wife and son, which is like, didn't need to happen. I didn't need that. They could have just, it's, I mean. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's quite brutal. Yeah. And they they go to kill Frank. And he gets shot a bunch of times, beaten up, almost like blown up, blown into the water. And the man survives. I don't know anything about biology, um, you know, anatomy. Um, you know, you don't have an advanced medical degree either. So oh. how do you think he did it? Uh, sheer anger. Sheer force of will yeah. and anger. That That is like literally, I think, the best ex- explanation for it. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good Tampa-related joke of what would cause someone to be angry enough to... <laughs> oh, you know what it is? It's, you know, so he got kicked out of the beefos for being too drunk. Oh, <laughs> you hate when that happens, you know? There, there, you, you would think if there's one place you can be too drunk, it would be Beefo Brady's, but apparently this isn't America anymore, so... No. Um, shouts to Beefo Brady's. Uh, <laughs> all, the non, all the non, you know, Gulf Coast listeners... You don't even know. And when I say you don't even know, I mean it's a mediocre Irish pub. <laughs> That's, like, not really Irish, probably. Correct. Um, but, uh, so he ends up getting saved by uh, a character that, like, feels like he's supposed to be important, but isn't at all. Just a yes. guy who work, lives on the island who apparently does, like, some type. They mention that he's, like, a witch doctor of some kind, and you expect that to be involved with his yep. medical recovery. Yep. And then they just cut to he's okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Not seen. Character does not appear again. Mm. Um yeah, yeah, there are a handful, there are a handful of, and I do wonder if this was the kind of thing where, like, stuff had to get cut, or stuff was mm-hmm. in the script, and they were just like, we don't have the time or the money to mm-hmm. finish it. There are a handful of things like this where it's like, it felt like you were going to go somewhere with this, but then you didn't. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if this movie is made six, seven years later, that act, that character is played by Adewale Akinoye Agbahe, yes, and yes. he is on screen for 20 minutes, and yes. he has a lot of stage wisdom. Yes. Like, and that's a, that's a better you see, version. You see him nursing the Punisher back to health, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. Exactly. And you learn that he has a tragic backstory, too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, come on. They should they have called you and I for rewrites. Um, so, <laughs> of course, as anyone would after they you know, basically Rasputined, uh Frank Castle. Uh, Quentin Glass, Will Patton's character, reports that he's dead. And so he um, is left, he's assumed to be dead. And the thing that gets me about with this next part is that, so Castle moves back in, he moves to like an apartment building that we'll talk about. But he doesn't make any attempt to hide the fact that he's alive. No! <laughs> Which is... No, he show he shows up at a police press conference. Yes, and basically like yells at the chief of or not. It's not. It must be an FBI agent, but he he yells at federal law enforcement about why mm. nothing has been done. And mm. I think he also emphasizes that I forgot if he said it's been. I think he said it's been five months. Yeah, it was a while that he was yeah. recuperating. Um, it, yeah, 
And you don't know, yelling at federal law enforcement sure. is just a, a Tuesday in Tampa. Sure, but. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're outside, so it's fine. Um, but, yeah, he. you would think, because so much of this version of the Punisher, and I think others as well, try to emphasize that he's not just a dude with a shitload of guns. Mm-hmm. He is a tactician. He mm-hmm. is a strategist. And you would mm-hmm. think, oh, my enemies think that I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I have the element of surprise is the thing you would hang on to the longest. Yes. And he abandons it immediately. Immediately. And so, like I said, he goes into apartments where there are three different residents living there. There is Bumpo, played by a guy, John Panette, who I'm not familiar with. Joan, played by Rebecca Romaine. And then Spacker Dave, played by Ben Foster, who... The man... I've been critical of Ben Foster many times in almost every performance he's ever given. And the man never ceases to amaze me with how much business he can do with one character. <laughs> he is so... This character might have the most business I've ever seen sure, in a film. Sure, He has like seven piercings yeah. and that is not the weirdest affectation about him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this... Uh, where to start with this apartment building? That's um, <laughs> a good question. The, none of these... None of the people we've mentioned own the building. Like, none of them is no. the landlord or the super mm-hmm. or anything like that. So, uh, it raises the question... What did the Punisher's apartment application even look mm. like? Uh, yeah. That said, these mm-hmm. apartments are both very nice and terrible, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, they're pretty mm-hmm. spacious. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca Romaine's apartment seems nice. Mm-hmm. Like, seems like a pretty good yeah. spot that she's staked out. His apartment is basically um, a third of an abandoned Pep Boys. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very strange, uh, and as a result of the fact that it's just the four of them, they can effectively destroy this building from the mm-hmm. inside out for days, weeks, who knows mm-hmm. how long, and it's never an issue. It's never a problem. No, and the thing is, on the outside, the building looks like a complete shithole. Yes, hundred um, percent. And so, like, I can understand maybe it's like a thing that. I, it, it would, I'll say this. It wouldn't be the first rental property in the state of Florida where the person who owned it, like, forgot that they had it. You sure. know what I mean? Yes. Like, it, that's or like it was it just like, happens. if the checks show up and you're not mm-hmm. complaining, we're fine. I'm, yeah. Neither of us is worried about this. This is off yeah. the books. Um, but it is definitely I, – I feel like it's trying to capture – the New Yorkiness of the Punisher in Tampa. Sure. It's like a, a communal apartment building thing, you know? Yes. Um, like, like they might as well have named like this apartment building Hell's Kitchen or something. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Yes. Uh, I agree with that. And, you know, and, and the characters are all big personalities. You know, you have Rebecca Romaine, who is just the sweet lady, Ben Foster, like we talked about, business, and then Bumpo, who is just, honestly, his thing is he just eats and cooks. Yeah. And it's, you and know. sings, and sings opera. And sings, he and sings, sings too. sings opera, yeah. Um, definitely a, a fun cast of characters. And he, so he puts together his whole plan there, his tactician there. One of his main things is that he uses Mickey, who was the guy who was also present at uh, Bobby's death, um, played by the guy from Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. Uh, and he uses him as like a, a way inside. Um, and of course, because it's 2004, when he's looking for blackmail on Quentin Will, Will Patton's character, what he finds out is that he's secretly gay. And this is a major plot point. Um, and it's just like, oh, right. We've, this is, a, 
It used to be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that he's gay and that if John Travolta, who mm-hmm. who I think initially you're just like, oh, that's his employer, but mm-hmm. is later reinforced that like they are best friends mm-hmm. and have like, been for twenty years, right? If he found out, he would not be happy. And it's mm-hmm. like, but there's never any, and maybe it's just that they were just like, well. It's the early 2000s, and we can float that, and people will mm-hmm. sort of buy it. And mm-hmm. maybe that's the case, but it's just sort of like, there's no other element to this where, mm-hmm. like, John Travolta's character is homophobic, or mm-hmm. there, you can't even sort of go down the line of like, oh, this is like a super Catholic uh, no. uh, organized crime family or something. It's like, I don't know. I feel I feel like the the crime family in Tampa is probably going to be mostly okay with it. Yeah, it's also it definitely is not worth the $15,000 of blackmail money. Right. <laughs> right. Like he had to like get he had to drain bank accounts because yes. it, like I know that 2004 was a different time but it's the, the thing that I find most offensive about it like you said is that they don't offer an explanation. They're just like obviously audience you understand that's yeah, the worst yeah. thing. You understand and, how this would be terrible. How people yeah. who kill, how, you know, this man who kills for you, who just mm-hmm. killed like 30 mm-hmm. people, a lot of them children, you'd be mm-hmm. super mad if it turned out that he was into dudes, right? Exactly. It's wild. Um, and so as this is going on, um, when uh, John Travolta figures out that Frank Castle's still alive, and I know I just mixed actor and character, uh, that he sends assassins after him. And like you mentioned, there's the country singer assassin who... I want you to talk a little about because clearly it was important to you. Oh my god! All right, so similar thing where if if Frank Castle ab- completely abandons any advantage of the element of surprise, so too does this country singer who uh, they emphasize that he's an assassin from Memphis and he's the best. That's what we're told. I don't remember his name specifically because I, I want to say. It's like Hank Hill, but that's it's. Let me actually see what it is. It is. I think it is something. Uh, it's it's something in that direction. Uh, Harry Heck. Harry Heck. <laughs> he is not a particularly young guy, and he just strolls into it's the diner where Rebecca Romaine works. And again, because there's nobody else in Tampa, the only customers there are her three building mates. Until yeah. Harry Heck walks in. I could have dealt. It would have been nice if like Martin St. Louis did a cameo. Just sure, <laughs> sure. Anybody at this point. <laughs> yeah, like um, you know, maybe uh, Rocco Baldelli. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Mike Allstott. Here he is. <laughs> oh, yeah, having, having an omelet. Um, yeah. But this guy walks in. He sings Frank Castle a song about how he's basically going to die, and and then tells him, "I wrote that for you." I'm going to sing it at your funeral. Like he 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 all but gave him an appointment card that was like your assassination will happen on X date next time. And then his whole master plan is basically to kind of follow the Punisher around, ram his car and then just try to shoot him in the middle of the day. Yeah. And it fails immediately. It just it immediately yeah. just fails. I just they say he's the best, and I just say, I don't believe you. No. <laughs> he's not the best. No, nothing about his method. Like, I was thinking about this because uh, we're recording this the same week that John Wick 4 is coming out. Mm-hmm. And John Wick 4, the John Wick movies are about somebody who is the best, mm-hmm. right? And you're asking me to believe that this, like, old man from Memphis compares mm-hmm. to that? That's insane. 
That's yeah. so. So that's assassin number one mm-hmm. who fails within yes. a day. Exactly, and assassin number two <laughs> is played is played by the only person, a person who. Speaking of the John Wick films, he is in the first John Wick film. Yeah, yeah. And in that movie, at least he gets lines. And this, I don't believe he says any words. WWE superstar Kevin Nash plays a large Russian assassin. Um, Simply who, named the Russian. That's that's yeah. the character's name. I just feel like there really was a thing. In the, I think just I don't even think it was just 2000s. I think it was a thing we just stopped doing of just having like bits where it's just like, oh, you think your main action star is cool? Look at this gigantic yes. untalking Eastern European guy. Yes, yes. And 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 the other thing that this fits with is like, oh, we're gonna put wrestlers in our action. Like uh like the third mm-hmm. blade movie has Triple H in it for it some does. reason. And they always and when you do this, it's always a good signal that like some wrestling or wrestling ish fight is going to happen. Like they don't you don't bring in the wrestling star to be like, okay, now you're gonna sit, now they're gonna have like a cool katana fight, or some. It's just like, nope, he's gonna try to choke slam him through a wall. That's what you're going to see here. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Magic Mike films are real cinema because they don't ask Kevin Nash to do anything like that. <laughs> they, tr- um, they trust him as an actor. Hey, yeah, he gives a good performance. You're what right. You you're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, so this fight goes on, and they completely destroy this. Apartment. I don't know when it was built, but the Floridian in me is like, was this Chinese drywall? Are they getting? I don't know if you, <laughs> that was an issue for you. I, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it 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 looks like it's from the Universal Stage Show. Frankly, yes, like so, yeah. It's yeah. it's just really it's bad carpentry work. Yes, yes. It's, which once again, like this is kind of just the not really surprising, um, but it is it is you. Eventually, you're just like, okay, now I'm just not believing anymore that they're destroying all this. Of even, course, the- and even the Russian, when the Russian shows up to kill Frank Castle, mm-hmm. he does it by not he knocks on his door. These are just bad assassins. And the other thing that's really funny about this is that both of the assassination attempts that we're we're describing mm-hmm. happen in the middle of the day. It's mm-hmm. like noon on a Wednesday mm-hmm. when these things mm-hmm. happen. It's like. Why wouldn't you assassinate someone at night? Why would you? He's, do this? De- he's got devil race tickets. He's going to get to the trap. <laughs> you know how it's a nightmare to park at the trap. He's going to get there right. early. You're right. You're right. It's, <laughs> it, it is. It's so. It's. It's just very jarring to see because I think we're used to you know mm-hmm. seeing if it's it's the combination of the fact that it's the daytime mm-hmm. and these things happen without any sort of ambient crowd whatsoever it's yeah it's just very it takes you out of the feeling that like oh they're in tampa it's like no it it feels like they're out in the sticks somewhere it's weird yes i mean and that's the thing i feel like a lot of movies will do you know talking about movies that don't take place in the four major four major cities that movies will like will pretend that anything that's not new york is like you're just two seconds away from the sticks right and like in tampa you kind of are in certain directions sure like but not in where they're saying this is no no yeah that's yeah um but anyway uh so this doesn't work i do love the idea that they're so loud, but we're supposed to believe that because they're playing like Italian opera in the other room, they can't hear them. Not a thing. No, they're destroying walls. I yes. think you probably yes. But yes. it ends. It ends with them going down the stairs, you know, and uh, somehow Frank Castle lives, and um, uh, the Russian does not. Um, uh, that's a picture wrap on Kevin Nash, and 
once again, the Punisher has to heal his wounds. And then we get a scene that is just really uncomfortable, both one, because it's a lot of Ben Foster, and two, because it involves someone ripping out someone's piercings, Yeah, where Ben Foster gets tortured to give up Frank Castle, and he doesn't for some reason. Like, I get that it's the honorable thing to do, but, like, you don't know this dude. <laughs> yeah, the, there's... There's like a, an instant perma bond that happens between the four people in this apartment and the three of them that are already there. I'll buy that. Like they already know yeah. each other. They're sort they're all sort of, it's like kind of an Island of misfit toys thing. going. I mean, on. you can tell, you can tell that uh, Ben Foster's character is broken because he's listening to broken by see the future. <laughs> Amy Lee. Um, but like the way in which Frank Castle immediately comes Mm -hmm. like the most important person to all mm -hmm. three of them is mm -hmm. just like, and there is a scene where he like stops Rebecca Romaine's abusive boyfriend mm -hmm. from like, breaking yeah. into it. So like there is a little bit, but it's like, it's very thin. It wants you to believe that this is like a super mm -hmm. tight knit group. And it's like, he moved in two days ago. What's happening here? Yeah. And the thing is, and with the with you know Ben Foster not giving him up, I think in a lot of things you could say, like in a lot of movies they would play it like he doesn't give him up, but he you know because he would have gotten killed anyway, right? Yeah. But yeah. the fact that both Ben Foster and Bumpo are left alive, one, yeah. I just don't believe that Will Patton killed his whole family, yeah. but it's like so like there actually was no real danger. Like yeah, he got in a lot of pain, but like. It wasn't actually that date. Like, yeah, I just don't believe that he wouldn't give him up. The whole the whole scene is is baffling because it takes place in the Punisher's apartment. Like mm -hmm. his gear wall is behind them. It's not like Will Patton is going door to door asking people like, "What do you? Hey, what do mm -hmm. you know about the guy who lives? Have you the seen wall? this face? And he holds right. up a skull. <laughs> right, exactly. And 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 at the end of it, Will Patton basically justifies it by saying like, "Well." Uh, they didn't. They didn't talk, so they must not have known. That's the only possible conclusion I can reach. Yeah. He's, he's the worst interrogator of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just a very bizarre scene. Um, and so as as this is going on, there's some intercut stuff where we see some information about um, John Travolta's character's wife. We learn that she was the movies every Thursday night. Honestly, good for her. Theaters are drawing business. Thank you for supporting. Um, <laughs> that she got like a new pair of earrings. And so what, we, we don't really know what's going on, but Frank Castle's setting up some elaborate thing where first and foremost, he uses John Travolta's wife's car phone, yeah. which I, I don't think was still a thing in 2004. But uh, Yeah, it's a, it's a stretch for sure. Yeah, But he uses that to blackmail uh, Will Patton uh, into giving him $5,000 at a certain hotel. Um, he gets a ticket at the hotel. Long story short, I don't know why I'm telling it like the movie does. I can just skip to the end. He's trying to make it seem like Will Patton and John Travolta's wife are having an affair. Yes. Um, and, uh, it's a, it is one of the more interesting things in the movie because it actually feels like a, it actually makes Frank Castle seem like a smart and super capable sure. guy. Because it's up till now, his main power just seems to be withstanding pain. Which is fine, but like yes. I need a little more than that. Yes, yes, and 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 it like it pays off somewhat well mm -hmm. when he tells um, when he tells Howard Saint uh, mm -hmm. like you did all that for nothing. You yeah. killed your wife for nothing. You mm -hmm. killed your best spoiler. He kills his wife. He yeah. kills his wife in a wild way too, where mm -hmm. he like throws her off of an overpass into an oncoming train. Yeah. 
which again, these things are not like nobody, nobody in this movie mm-hmm. is worried about like, Oh, killing is something that should be done in any way. Subtly yeah. hard to identify. Just like, nah, just do it. I'm not super familiar with the train yards of Tampa. How far <laughs> from his like club, which is presumably in downtown where they yeah. have to drive. Like he's like, I can't figure out where that would have been. Like I was really uh, like, yeah. I'm sure there's somewhere that I'm not thinking of, but yeah, yeah I would have been out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's driving silently like, honey, where are we going? Don't worry. Right. About it. Right. I have right. a way I need to kill right. you. <laughs> right. 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 Um, but yeah, so at, he, like I said, he sets this up. Um, and at the same time, he's like blowing up some of their money. He steals some money from like the money laundering operation and pours it all over the streets. This is where we finally see civilians when they're grabbing money. Yes, flying that's out right. Of the... That's right. Um, would have been a great spot for Mike Allstott to cameo. <laughs> just on the street with the, he's just, got the neck roll. He's got the neck roll on. The stiff arms. <laughs> he's stiff arming. <laughs> um, and yeah, he, and there's some Cubans too that are incredibly broad yeah. characters. Yes. Uh, it just like. Once again, I feel like that's another part of the movie that's like, did you mean to set this in Miami? <laughs> With uh... Right, right. Well, that's another one of those like red herrings where you're sort of like, oh, okay, what he's doing is he's he's stealing these shipments that Howard Saint is laundering for these two Cuban dudes. Um and he's going to he's going to incite a war. That, yeah. Where they'll they'll, they'll kill him for him or they'll mm-hmm. torture him for him. But that also doesn't pay off. Like, no, it's just inconvenient. It just makes everybody frustrated. It doesn't yeah. lead to any sort of like, it's not like it'd be one thing if that had happened and they had killed the other son or something. Yeah. Like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, skipping over some stuff, but then we basically have the climax where he decides he's going to kill everyone in Saints Club. And frankly, this might just be because I'm spoiled because of John Wick. Not enough dudes. He's got like no, ten guys. No, no. <laughs> it's super thin. Yes, it's super thin, and there's there are no uh, there are really no like memorable. There's uh, I take that back. There is one memorable mm-hmm. Punisher kill in this movie that I will. It's not Which great. Is? It's the one. It's how the other son dies. Correct. I was gonna say yeah. That one. Uh, the short version is basically the other you can son do the version. There's not much more important you're, stuff. You're right. <laughs> The other son is pinned has like it, as a result of an explosion is sort of like pinned to a desk and has one hand free and he gives him an eight pound mine that he's like tied to something across a, around the ceiling and sort of says like this is an anti-personnel mine uh, as long as you hold it it won't blow up but once you don't once you once you know you look like you go to the gym you look strong but like it's very hard to do this. And once you drop it, it's going to explode. And it's not a death you see on screen, but you hear it off screen. And it's like, okay, there's like, if the Punisher is supposed to be a little bit of a sadist, Mm -hmm. this at least kind of works for that. Everybody else mostly just like, just gets shot. It's a good bit. And it's a good bit too, because it it blows up when he's about to kill uh, Howard Saint. Yes. And he gets to say like, I killed both your sons, which like, once again, as a sadist, you know, if he's a sadist, it's good. Um, but then ultimately, you know, Howard Saint's death is he gets shot and then he gets tied to a car and I guess Frank Castle rigged every single car in the parking lot with explosives. Um, and so he gets dragged through a, a field of fire. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all to, it's all to do a very Batman-y thing where 
you you do your big overhead shot and the the car fires have kind of formed the Punisher skull logo. But the difference with Batman is Batman will do it on like a bridge or yes. other vertical objects yes. that people can yes. see. Yes. Who is someone flying over? Who is seeing? Nope. Nope. <laughs> and if someone nope. wasn't like a helicopter over, are they like, well, is that a uh, strange shape there? So that's that's another weird thing about this movie. And we'll use Batman as a useful comparison point here because mm-hmm. in many ways, like uh, I think the Punisher is sort of like the more uh, real world Bat- and fucked up version of Batman. Yeah, a Batman if he was more Republican. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, Florida Batman, which is yeah. very effective here. Um, the cops don't play any role in anything None. that we've... Like, they are in the initial raid, and he goes and yells at them when they haven't done anything about his family's murder. Mm-hmm. And other than that, they don't show up any way, shape, or form. Nobody, like... They know Frank Castle's in town. They know what happened to his family. There is no point where they're like, we need to, I think this is Frank and we need to rein mm-hmm. him in. They don't show up to anything that happened. Like, mm-hmm. they're just completely absent. Mm-hmm. And and I get that that may have just been like a choice of simplicity or of like, we really just want to focus on like mm-hmm. the Punisher versus Howard Saint. But it's just, at some point you're just sort of like, fuck are the cops they're never anywhere it's weird and i you know i was reading about the production of the film and apparently like the budget got halved beforehand and it really feels like rather than like rework any of the plot they just were like all right we're gonna have zero non-speaking actors in any scene yeah Um, yeah and like i suppose that's one way to do it it's not like like the effects such as they are don't look particularly bad for the era so i i I can imagine that they, they it seems like they redirected the funds in a way that made sense with like what they were trying to do it, it doesn't it's not like a movie like swordfish like we were talking about earlier that looks the effects look horrible um but it is it is very noticeable especially when you have a character who is a vigilante like there's how can you be a vigilante if there are no police officers right that right you... there, yes it, it it yeah it's it's just it's just an odd it's an empty world, I guess. I know I'm saying that a lot, but there is so much about the it's movie so noticeable. That, feels, that feels so empty in terms of, like, there just aren't people around at all. Mm. The cops aren't here. This apartment building is in the middle of nowhere and is empty. There's nobody mm. on the streets. You're right. The only scene, there's one club scene early mm. in the film. Right. And then there's one scene where, uh, the, the scene with the money flying all over the street. Mm. And yeah. other than that, it's just like they exist. It's like watching a video game that didn't have the money to sort of like animate ambient yeah. crowds or whatever. Yeah. It, yeah, it's definitely a downside. And so that's the movie ends with him doing a monologue where he does. Honestly, he just does the end of Darkman, except yes. replaces it yes. with the Punisher, <laughs> where he says that he's no longer Frank Castle. He's the Punisher. Right. right. Um, and instead of a surprise Bruce Campbell reveal, we just see him on the bridge. <laughs> That would have been great, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And Bruce Campbell, then j- he just, just takes, you know, 40 Tammy Betrayal, film burn notice yeah, right that's afterwards. Right, that's right. That's right. Could have worked. Could have worked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'll i say this. I am single and childless, unlike you. So I have the absolute time to watch as much garbage as possible. Yeah. So also because I have a Peacock login already, I genuinely did not regret watching this because yeah. it's an interesting artifact. 
Now, if I had anything else in my life to occupy my time, I would be really mad that I watched this movie. <laughs> and so I want to thank you so much for it. Because it, re- it really just is a lack of other things to do that made me okay watching this. It's, it is it is just like, it. I would rather that it was a movie that was bad because it made a lot of choices that didn't work. You know? Yeah. Like I would, I think when we think of superhero movies that flop, mm-hmm. it's it's because it's like, oh, this was wrong. Like, you mm-hmm. you went in a direction that felt wrong mm-hmm. or, or, and it's just, there's there's not enough interesting things happening. Even, like, the core element of, of why Howard Saint wants revenge mm-hmm. is so threadbare that it's just yeah. sort of like, I don't Truly, know. if you were to change the name of the character and get rid of the skull logo, this would not be indistinguishable as a Punisher movie. Like, yes. it just it's it it really is just like a regular like mid aughts wannabe gritty crime movie. Yeah. Um yeah. And I think that's right. not a good one, honestly. No. Um no, I almost like, think this movie would be better if it was like starring a it was starring a former wrestler. If it was like a twelve rounds type thing, it actually I think would, would be better. It would make more sense. Yes, I agree that it would make more sense. It would feel more like I understand how this all came together. Mm. I I will also say this. I think there are a lot of there are a lot of points in this movie where I was like, ah, this reminds me of why the Punisher, because this is the second of three films that mm. that they've tried to make all mm-hmm. with different punishers. Mm-hmm. This is a hard thing to do. This yeah. is a, because the only choice you have to do it, to do it right, you have to make it very dark. Yes. And once you make that decision, you have to make it consistently throughout. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that that's not like, that's hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand I, why this is not like a, a piece of IP that they're like really trying to like lean on too hard. Yeah, it makes sense when they, like, announce, because they announced recently that John Berthall will reprise his role in the Daredevil TV show, and I'm like, I like that, and if they want to do a Punisher show, I mean, obviously I'll watch it because I do the show, but I'll, I think that to the show, I was more down on it than most people who are MCU fans, just because I think that I found found it oppressively dark, and I also don't find the character compelling at all, honestly, because I think that, I don't know, I just could roll my eyes about, like, revenge characters, it's like, just go fucking therapy, like, I just don't, at a certain point, it's like, I just don't. When you I, killed I, everyone who did kill your family, yeah. I'm like, okay, once they're dead, then stop. <laughs> I, I think it's a useful character in the universe as a whole, yeah. as a foil for other... Like, because yeah. my understanding, and I was not super into Punisher comic books or anything, but, mm-hmm. like, if you when you saw the Punisher mm-hmm. outside of, like, his main series or whatever, it was frequently with Spider-Man, or mm-hmm. it was with Daredevil or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was useful to sort of, like, act as a counterweight mm-hmm. in both directions to be like, okay... I go way further than you guys do. And that is both a reminder of like Mm. your moral code, but it is also a reminder Mm. of the limitations of that code and like Mm -hmm. what you let happen that I, the Punisher would not. Mm. But once you like absent that sort of like tension, because there is no part of this movie where it's sort of like the closest we get to sort of like, is Frank Castle doing the right thing mm-hmm. is really just Rebecca Romaine trying to convince him that he's destroying his own life. But like mm-hmm. nobody seems to suggest that hit the path he is on is like ethically questionable in any way. Yeah. And the prop because he, the thing that started it all was his entire family being murdered. Like right. it's like, I think that it's, 
not that there's any ethical ambiguity with what happens to him in other versions, but like it's this is a straight up massacre. Like I'm willing to go a long way with him. <laughs> the yeah. Justification. If yeah. it was like you know, once again, this is but like if it was like a accidental shooting or something that killed his family, then we're able to get in the gray areas. Or if he's killing people that were not involved, maybe. But it's like, oh, you're just killing the people who literally murdered yes. their whole family. Yes. Yeah, fine, that's okay. <laughs> the problem is, it doesn't give you any basis for that end scene where he's mm-hmm. like, "This is who I am now." It's like, why? Yeah, your job's done. Like you, 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 you have avenged. What you you have avenged the people who wronged you and took your family away mm-hmm. from you. Why are you still like you don't have a reason to keep doing this anymore? Yeah, and and it really just that scene in particular, seeing him on the bridge was truly just like they made a mistake setting this in Tampa. This is a New York character. Yes. It is not. Yes, yeah. It just he, he wears way too many. Like he's constantly wearing like pants and jackets and things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I'm glad I watched it. Um, and just any final thoughts about what could have made it more Tampa? Like, um, if he would have visited, and I just realized I have this on my desk, if he would have visited the Outback Steakhouse, <laughs> I have an Outback Steakhouse gift card on my desk. Truly forgot that I had that there. Uh, I was emptying out dumb shit that was in my wallet uh, from years ago, and uh, that was there. If we had had a shootout at a putt-putt facility, that mm-hmm. would have helped. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything... Uh, involving like the beach or the ocean in any no. meaningful way, which also mm. felt like a missed opportunity. Like mm-hmm. should have been way more boat or jet ski chases or mm-hmm. some shit like that. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I just yeah, there's no real major water stuff in the Tampa section, which is no, no, no. Imagine well said in Orlando, right? It all <laughs> takes place inside of buildings. Yeah, which is yeah, um, yeah. It's it's. Uh, it's a strange movie. It's a strange mm. movie. All and I will say this: it's not one of those strange movies where the principals involved are mm. like, "No, we're really proud of this," and we like, yeah, we like made something different. Everybody involved mm-hmm. seems to be like, "Yeah, that one's we didn't." Yeah, yeah, we uh, were we're not yeah. thrilled we did that. Yeah, it was director Jonathan Hensley's first film, uh, and I don't. Yeah, it definitely was. No one was like, you know, we really were trying to say something with it. I think it was a lot of like, we had some ideas, the budget got shrunk, it didn't work. Them's them's the breaks. Them's the breaks, um, and we all got to we all got to spend like five weeks in Tampa. So yep, I I got through all the Outback menu, then got the Crab's menu, <laughs> and then honestly, it, it got so dire, I got through the Bonefish menu. Um, oh Hooters, that's where they should have gone. Oh right! Like, like that should have been the trope. Is that uh, yeah. if this were truly a Tampa mm-hmm. movie, Rebecca mm-hmm. Romaine's character would have worked at Hooters the whole time, and there were, and uh, Bumpa would have insisted, no, 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 these are really the best wings That's I've right. ever these had. These are the best. These are the best wings. It's one hundred percent. I come here for the wings. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a you know, just I think you know, thing is, I think because uh, of my age, I think I'm about ten years younger than you. I think. I have a certain nostalgia for the action movies that I wasn't able to see as a kid sure. that I see now that when I say nostalgia, I don't think they're good, but I'm just much like someone digging up an artifact. I'm just fascinated by what my childhood makes more sense. The more I to- dumb I movies totally I see from I the totally mid 2000s. It's sure. like, Oh, this is the culture I was growing up in. This makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I sort of feel this way a little bit about like, certain Steven Seagal or Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, which are, you know, a good 10 or 15 years before that. The difference between them, I will argue, is that, like, 
a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie may mm-hmm. be just as like stupid, mm-hmm. but it's more fun. Agreed. This, this is just, and it's just, it's the Punisher, so it can't be, yeah. but like, it's, there's no fun in this movie whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Frank, the, the, the actual thesis, if I had to come up with a thesis of what this exploration of these movies has taught me, it's like, oh, uh, 9-11 was horrible and it affected everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Like that's the answer. Like, oh, yeah. okay. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, oh, why are all the movies unnecessarily dark from like the time? Oh, oh okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's really it's what it is. I mean, musical. yes. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I want to thank you so much for coming on to talk about thank the Punisher. You for having me. Uh, it was wonderful. I'm really glad you recommended it because it's uh definitely a movie. Um, <laughs> it is that. It is. And uh, it is, I also realized, thanks to this, Rebecca Romaine is now in the small category of people who've been in two superhero films. Or, or played played two different played, characters in I mean, yes. Films. As you can imagine, this is a thing that I can rattle off sure. with incredible speed. She definitely is, in terms of main ones, like, I mean, she's not really a main character in this one. But yeah, she's definitely, uh, obviously the poster boy is Chris Evans, who I think, in terms of most famous, he played, yes. you know. Yes. Um, Ben Affleck also probably there too with playing Daredevil and Batman. But yeah, I mean, that is a list I probably could compile of people who have been in different superhero franchises. Um, Of course, this is a franchise insofar as I think from what the Wikipedia suggested, Punisher Warzone is in the same canon, I think. I guess, Um, yeah. But I I do this podcast and I've done it for five years. It's about Marvel movies. And even sometimes I have to tap out. We're like, I'm not going to care about the canon of the I think anyway. I think it helps that in this case, I don't mm-hmm. think Marvel cares about the kid in that much. No, either, so it's fine. It's always funny to see uh, on on MDB Kevin Feige's name come up for these dog shit movies because he, yeah. technically speaking, was the producer on all of them. Yeah, and it's just like I just you know he hasn't made nothing but perfect movies, and I have plenty of criticisms of him generally. But I do kind of feel bad for him because I can just imagine him in the rooms for these movies being like, "Guys, we don't have to do this. We can do this so much better. We, yeah. we don't have to. We can actually try." Um, what? But yeah, sequentially. Mm-hmm. So this came out in two thousand four. Yeah, Iron Man is two thousand eight. Yeah, the only other movie that I can think of that would have been between these would have been the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk. Maybe no, Ed Norton Incredible Hulk was after it was Iron after Man. Iron Man. So yeah, so but also there was X Men: The Last Stand, okay. Electra. There's a bunch of movies you forgot happened. Honestly, oh, there was they were yeah. in the wilderness really in that time. Okay, um, okay, and that's Still that's what. Now. And the, the whole thing basically was that um, the Marvel Studios, the film studio, got the characters that were not owned by anyone else, really. Right, well, right. You know, and it's technically with Paramount, and that's how uh, it all got started. Because, like, I, th- I think, I can't speculate, but I, I imagine what happened was that some people were like, okay, clearly none of these gigantic studios are going to do anything good with these because they're, you know, don't know what they're doing. So let's use distressed assets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that is uh, what changed filmmaking forever. For better and worse, uh, I go back and forth every day. Um, but yeah, uh, this movie is not one of those, and I'm glad. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this challenge. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put the gauntlet down. Yeah, Kevin Feige, put the Tom Jane Punisher in Secret Wars. Wow, <laughs> wow. Tom Jane's available. I bet he. There could. is there. I, I I'm adamant about this. There is not a single character from any of these dog shit early 2000s movies that I would not be happy to see in Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Just bring him in. I think that's right. I think that's totally fair. Like, yeah, yeah. who cares? I because the thing, like, 
part of me is like movies should be good and have plot and structure and part of me is also like if secret wars was three hours of just people showing up being like remember me i'd be like hell yeah the end i was good i mean think about think about it this way the andrew garfield was not widely liked as a no. spider-man People were thrilled. Yes. I would his, say the thing, that. though, is I think yeah. his movies were not widely liked. I think he was okay, widely that's liked. Fair. That's fair. But, but I think that that's the key difference is, yeah. the, and I think the difference here is that it's not even like people like Tom Jane as the Punisher. It's, you know. No, no. But I also don't think people, I think people, this is a movie that I think more than anything else mm-hmm. has just been forgotten. Like, yeah. I don't think this is a movie that comes to people's mm-hmm. mind when they're like, oh, yeah. name a bad comic book movie. Mm-hmm. This is just not on people's yeah. radar at all. And I think the anonymity of Thomas Jane as an actor is a lot of it. Because you can like look sure. at something you can look at something like the Ben Affleck Daredevil, and because it's Ben Affleck, you remember it. Or even the Jennifer Garner Electra, because it's Jennifer Garner, you remember it. No yeah. one's like, do you remember when Tom Jane played the Punisher? It's like, yeah, that actually sounds about like something Thomas Jane would do. Well, uh, well, and, and the thing that happens is a year after this, Batman Begins comes out, yeah. and yeah. it's like to the extent we were going to care about the Punisher at all, yeah. we get DC's slightly more interesting version of the character, much yeah. more interesting version of the character. I don't think the Punisher is that. No, I yeah, know. I was going to say I, 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 I feel bad because my co-host Anthony, I know, likes the Punisher more than I do, and so I don't yeah. want to be because he's not here. I don't want to talk too. <laughs> but we had this discussion. I personally don't find the character that interesting. But yes, Batman is a more compelling character than the Punisher. I feel like yes. we can say that. Yes, yes. And so I think that the the Nolan Batman trilogy starting off shortly after this, like, effectively memory hold it. Exactly. And we were just done. But we resurrected it from the memory hole. And so, <laughs> Ryan, thank you for joining me in this. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people support your work? See all the other podcasts you're appearing on. Um, Celebrity Hot Tub on Twitter. I have a, a pin thread. Uh, when this comes out, this will be the next item on it, um, where I am tracking all my silly podcast appearances. Uh, and I am a regular co-host of the shutdown full cast, which is a college football podcast. That is really a nonsense show. Um, yes, we don't, we talk about whatever we feel like. And I can, I can't recommend it highly enough. I think if people who like this show, if you're someone who likes this show, because you like when we have serious conversations about the comic books, I can't really say whether or not you'll like (laughs) Shutdown for Less. If you like it, when I like derail the show for 20 minutes to talk about whether vision has a penis, you'll enjoy the shutdown. (laughs) What's your opinion on that? By the way, it's no, no. Well, the thing is, this was a question we asked all the time, but then Paul Bettany said he does. So I, it it, it, the segment's over. Uh, God. The other question that I tried to replace it with, but is not yeah. as spicy, is um, which arm do you think the Winter Soldier jerks off with? Human. Okay, that's where I, I think... that's where I that's where I land to because I think you can't really regulate the metal on that much. I, yeah, what... I was gonna say I think it's a trust thing. I think yeah. it's a trust thing mostly. Yep. Um, yep. Does that mean Vision pees? No. But the thing that I always ask about is because I don't know yep. how familiar you are with the film Avengers: Age of Ultron. Not important if you're not. But Vision, the body, was built by Ultron to be the perfect to be human the form. Yeah. So if Vision has a penis, that means that Ultron was like, okay, I'm making the perfect form. Gotta have a dick. <laughs> but yeah. Benny says he has one, so I gotta trust him. He would know. Does Vision um, have a butthole? No, he wouldn't. Um, I, also, Paul no, because you can see his you can see his butthole when he not his butt you can see his butt <laughs> when he gets out of the uh, when he like um, leaves his chamber. Mer- I don't. Okay. Yeah, but all Benny, speak out. Let us know. Yeah. Hey, believe me, I would love to have nothing more than just 20 minutes. Like, hey, um, <laughs> Mr. Bentley's representatives, we'd like to talk specifically <laughs> about these things. But yeah, so like I said, if you enjoy that part of the show, 
Um, Dan, check out the Shutdown Forecast. But uh, for Ryan Nanny, for Anthony Canton III, who is out there chasing two small children around, um, I've been Jay Christie. Thank you for listening.